0: Another day another dollar makes you wonder where you you can scream hello folks this is Jack Spigo with another edition of the survival not. podcast it's always one man's view of the changing world the changing times and the things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tough, Or even if they don't dictate it, it is always on my 50 mile commute between Arlington and Frisco, Texas, in my personal mobile. Studio, which is a 2006 Jetta Diesel TDI. And uh, so, for all you folks out there that I occasionally see comments and other blogs and stuff uh, saying, Hey man, sometimes it sounds like that dude's in a car. That's because that dude's in a car. And uh, that's about the only way I can get this show out. So, we share my morning drive together like good friends discussing different issues that affect our way of life, things that we can do to practically plan for them. And sometimes we just talk about the general. Battlefield, so to speak, and when I talk about the battlefield out there, I'm generally talking about the economy with a little bit of politics mixed in. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, if this is your first show, don't think you've tuned into the you know Bloomberg reports. If you're not big on economic news, give me a shot here. I bet you I'll make this stuff just a little bit interesting for you. In fact, I'll promise you one damn thing. You will hear issues today you will not hear on CNN Money or Bloomberg or any place like that. Um, Or you'll hear issues that you would hear there, but you will hear takes and viewpoints and get an understanding of them that they will never give you in the mainstream media. And further... Yesterday we talked about how to find a good place to bug out to And we've done other shows where we've talked about how to do food storage So this is not your typical economy in politics And it is definitely not a radio Or a uh, internet version of right wing radio uh, We come from a libertarian banter viewpoint here uh, We have recently asked our listeners to even cast off Labels like conservative and liberal and democrat and republican And even libertarian uh, Just to be purely independent and judge things So as I lay this stuff out for you today, try to judge it like that. Now, played a little trick on everybody. Today we're going to give away a gun safe in the listener appreciation contest. I did not tell anybody we were going to do that. We are also going to give away one more of John Willis's uh, single point slings from SOE tactical gear. I'm going to give you a code word today. Now listen, I want you to listen very carefully. I will try not to screw up this time like I did on Monday. Okay. Um, if I do, uh, we'll make amends for it like I did on Monday. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you don't follow my instructions and I do get it right, then you, you do not get to play. You get disqualified. You will take the code word that I'm going to give you. You will put it in the subject line of an email. This is only if you've registered for the listener appreciation contest already. If you have not, you must register first. And you will send to me an email. And you will send that email to jack at the You will not go to the blog and use my contact form. If you do that, the subject line won't be right and Outlook won't filter the messages properly. You will have to manually type in jack at the Send an email directly to me. You will, in the body of the email, put your name and the email address you used when you entered the contest. I highly suggest you include your shipping information so that if you win and I reply to you and your spam filter blocks me, you don't lose. Because people who do not claim within two business days lose and I give their prize to somebody else. So you may want to include your shipping information. Do not worry. I will not be selling you to a mailhouse or anything like that. As soon as we have our winners, we print out their addresses for shipping and everybody else gets deleted. So not giving away critical information, I won't be turning you over to the PATF or some nonsense like that if you are part of the FOIL Hap Brigade so here we go, this is the code word gun safe Friday gun safe Friday alright, and I will give away a prize to the 10th respondent, and I will give away a prize to the 80th respondent, 10 and 80 will win something I won't tell you which one wins what But what I will tell you is, you guys that say you don't listen until the afternoon, you'll have plenty of opportunity with taking 80 respondents here. Gun Safe Friday on the subject line, nothing else. Do not put code word Gun Safe Friday in the subject line. Just three words, Gun Safe Friday. Thank you. Let's move on. So today, what are we going to talk about? The economy. And we're going to talk about some things that you guys need to be aware of and you need to be looking at and you need to be evaluating. And the next time somebody tells you, don't worry, the stock market always comes back. You need to know. And when they tell you a lie, a blatant freaking lie, you need to know. The first thing I want to tell you about is I have heard this so many times, I want to gouge my eyeballs out with a spoon. Over a 10-year period, solid investments in index funds in the stock market will get a higher return than just about any other investment out there. They're definitely safe and secure over a 10-year period, and the stock market has always recovered. Really. I will put a link from this post to a thread that I started in the forum yesterday. Yesterday, after the market closed... Yesterday, again, after the market closed for the day, I took a screenshot from Google Finance looking at a 10-year period of the Dow Jones average. From December in 1998 till December, I guess it was 11th yesterday, in 2008. Ten years. Safe. Have your money for ten years. You know it's going to come back in ten years. Guess what? The market closed lower. 313 points lower yesterday than it closed on December 11th, 10 years ago. Your 10-year return is a loss. It's a loss. And it's a bigger loss than most people realize because it's not that much. Basically, you almost broke even, and if some of your funds pay dividends and all, you might even made a dollar or two. But you sure didn't get a good return. What does that mean? That means if you've been investing for a retirement and you're twenty years from your retirement in nineteen ninety eight, so you're ten years from it now, and you you and your advisor said we need to work on getting a ten percent return, yeah, to get back on track and make your retirement date, you need a twenty percent return between now In 2018. And I hate to put it to you this way, but if you're going to try the conventional buy and hold, sit in a mutual fund and wait approach, good luck. Now, this is not going to be a show on investing. I just wanted to point that out for you. And the next time you hear somebody say it on TV, over 10 years, historically, the stock market has always... Yesterday, it was a lie. Today, it will probably be a bigger lie. Because I bet you the market is down 200 to 800 points today. Somewhere in in that range. That's a pretty big range, but I'll bet you. You want to send me a little email and tell me what you're willing to to wager on that? I'll take a wager on that. A little private backside rate wager. 200 to 800 points. Because the automakers aren't getting their $14 billion, folks. It's Friday panic oh my god the world is the money's gonna so hey just i wanted to bring that up to you the next thing i want to talk to you about this is big news i've only heard this from one source and it was glenn beck and glenn will usually talk about things that other people won't and i'm sure it's been out there and it was on bloomberg that's where i found an article on it but I had to look really hard to find an article that actually talked about it. All I could find were some articles of some congress people and senators who were pissed off at Goldman Sachs, but nobody really explained exactly what was going on. I do have one article and a forum thread that I found, that I'll link to from the, the notes here. Again, the survivalpodcast.com, you can go there and get my show notes and get all the resources. But here's what Goldman Sachs did yesterday, actually the day before yesterday. They came out and they, they've been doing this, but they just came out anyway. They, they, they've been telling people, um, yeah, um, you know, if you're investing in the state of New Jersey by buying state issued municipal bonds, which are considered an extremely safe investment when you buy when you look at government bonds. Everybody looks at a government bond as about a safe and secure, low rate of return, but you know what, you're gonna get your money back, right? They're saying, yeah. Um, if you're gonna buy New Jersey's bonds, you might want to do one of those credit default swap thingies, if you're talking about putting a lot of money in there. Now, this isn't for the grandmother that has $500, right? Maybe it should be, but it's not. It's not the kind of people they were advising to do this. They're advising large, huge investors that are investing millions here and millions there and taking and creating a little portfolio of their millions that's supposed to be their safety security money. And they're saying, yeah, you know, it might not be that secure. And including fund managers, right? So you buy a bond fund, your fund manager buys bonds with your money and everybody else's money. Trades billions of dollars a day buying different state bonds and different government bonds and corporate bonds and everything else. Well, if you don't know what a credit default swap is, it's basically a bet that the investment will fail. And the, the government's coming out and saying, Woe to you, Goldman Sachs. You evil, evil people. You are undermining state the state of New Jersey. In other words, you're blowing investor confidence in New Jersey. What Goldman Sachs is saying is that New Jersey is billions of dollars in the hole, in debt. And the state of New Jersey has a chance of going bankrupt. And if you're investing in the state of New Jersey, you should insure your investment. You should use this default swap vehicle the way it was intended. They're not saying, hey, all institutional investors, come over here and short New Jersey. They're saying if you are already putting your money there, protect it. Hedge it, because it's not as safe as you think it is. It's not the rock-solid investment we've always believed state bonds to be. Oh, but there's more to the story. It's not just New Jersey. Folks, it's not just New Jersey. It's 11 states that they put this advisory out on. And I'm going to give you those 11 states right now. Again, New Jersey, Florida. Wisconsin, California, Nevada, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Hawaii. Hawaii! So basically Goldman Sachs has come out and said, if you're investing in any one of these 11 states, you might want to hedge your investment. And of course the government is going apeshit up. They're, they're just pissed. They're angry. Oh, look what you're doing to the states. This is irresponsible behavior. I beg to differ. If I am going to Goldman Sachs and asking them for advice on how to invest my money, I deserve to hear their actual opinion of the market. I deserve to have the warnings and the suggestions at the same time. I deserve for them to tell me my risks. And isn't this what Ken Lay from Enron went to jail for? Not disclosing the risk. We heard all this evil stuff about Ken, but you know what got him convicted? that he knew the problems and did not disclose them. But this is what happens when you let the government get involved in investing in private markets. This is what happens. So we got people like Barney Frank and Chris Dodd saying, oh, oh, no, you can't do that. No, 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 no. Bullshit. You know, Goldman Sachs, you are not on my list of heroes. Goldman Sachs, I do not like you. Goldman Sachs, a lot of what you've done has put us where we are. If they drug a few of your higher execs out that played the money game and made all this money and cost our country so much and flogged you in the streets, I would be okay with it. But in this instance, you are 100% right for finally protecting the asses of your investors. Good for you. And people, I want you to realize what we just had here. We have a list of 11 of our 50 states. 20% of our nation. State level in danger of bankruptcy. That's what this list is, and I bet you that list is going to grow. So it's time to step up your preparations. It's time to take what we talk about here and ensuring your lifestyle seriously. Um, what else is going on? Well, the auto are not getting their 14 billion. They asked for 36. The Democrats said we'll give you 14. The Republicans said, "No, I don't think so." Don't think we're gonna give 'em fourteen either because you know what? We think they're gonna fail with our fourteen billion. And our taxpayers will lose $14 And And besides, the president has $15 billion right now sitting on his desk that was allocated for all this bailout crap. You haven't done what you said you're going to do with it anyway, right? Because they were supposed to go in and renegotiate mortgages and prop up the borrower and buy bad debt and everything, and they just dumped it into the banking system. They don't even know where it went. They can't tell us. And wait till you hear how much more money they can't tell us where it is or won't tell us where it is when I get to the end of today's show. It will boggle your mind. But he's at 15 billion there. They want 14. Bush, you want him to have it? Give it to him. That's what the Republicans in Congress are, and the Senate, the leftovers that didn't get thrown out, and the lame ducks that are actually showing up to do their jobs for the last part of their careers, are saying, "No, we're not doing it." And they shut it down. They shut it down in the Senate. You know what? Good for you guys. I sure as so wish you would have done something when you had the power to really make something happen. Instead of pissing away our future, from the middle of the Clinton presidency up to the middle of the Bush presidency, you guys are in control. You didn't act with common sense. You didn't act with restraint. And you spent money like a drunk liberal. At least you did the right thing here. Those of you that are left, please keep it up. So what's going to happen today? That's why I told you I'll take a bet with you if you want to bet me. 200, 800 points down for the Dow just on the automaker news alone. And I'm cheating a little because I looked up the Dow Futures, and they're down about 200 points. Uh, this was before the actual official announcement came out that the futures locked in there. So uh, they'll probably go down from there. So I'm not a genius that I knew that. I cheated. And uh, you can always look at daily futures and get a pretty good indicator of at least what's going to happen early in the day. And since I don't believe anything is going to happen today that anybody's going to throw a party about, I ain't looking for a rebound today. Let's looking for a dark Friday on the stock market today. And at the end of the day, you can email me and tell me I was right or wrong if you feel like it. Um, I want to kind of start taking a bigger view now that we've just gone through a few of these things and understand why some of these things like bailouts just don't work and why we need to realize that no matter what they do, we're going to be out here in the field in the words of the Who, working hard for our our, our 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 is it our meals? I'm not sure how that that song "Teenage Wasteland" goes, or uh, Barbara O'Reilly, depending on uh, which spin you believe online, right? But uh, we're going to be out here working our asses off, and it ain't going to be easy. No matter what they do, no matter how they try to prop it up, and I don't want you to buy into the bullshit that you're going to continue to hear from the mainstream media about how it's dark, it's bad, they'll tell you all the doom and gloom, but they'll always spin it to the other side with, yeah, but, you know, it's an all-time low, and it's an opportunity, and, you know, it is an opportunity if you're smart. But just go on shotgun approach with, with standard funds, it's not. So, who got some money in this uh, all these bailouts? Bank of America got money. Bank of America got like somebody billion dollars or something like that. Bank of America is the stable bank. They're the ones that are heroes. They came in and they bought out failing banks. I mean, the investors were in love with Bank of America back this summer. Look how low it is. Let's invest in it. Let's buy it. You know what? They made money doing it too. So you would think Bank of America, with a little bit of help from Uncle Sam, could take care of its workers, could keep people working, because that's why they want all this money for the auto workers. Barbara Boxer was on my TV this morning before I left. I'm only here for one reason. Jobs. We need to make sure these hardworking Americans all over our country keep their jobs in the auto industry. Really? And if we give them $14 billion, they're all going to keep their jobs. You gave more than that to Bank of America and you gave it to institutions that they then bought after you gave it to them. All right? Bank of America came out today and said we're going to lay off 35,000 people over the next three years. Those two numbers together should scare you. First, they should tell you, bailing somebody out does not guarantee jobs. Right? We give the automakers, whatever billions, they're still going to be laying people off. They're still going to be, because you're not going to have them there making thumbtacks. And demand the car market's down. So the market's down as a whole. The Bank of America, they're in the business of money. They basically counterfeit money and create money and leverage money and twist money and make fake money and they get money from the Federal Reserve. Way more money than you ever hear about when they get it from the Fed. And they're laying off 35,000 people over three years which means they have had their number crunchers sit down and write a plan for the next 36 months and include those layoffs in that plan. That means that they're Financial people who are pretty smart because of everybody out there. I mocked them a little bit, but they came through this thing pretty freaking solid. They are going to be one of the big standing giants at the end that's eaten up all the little fish out there. That sucked up little regional banks and, and weaker national banks. And they're standing. And they know what they're doing, because they're standing. Because to be standing now means something. Especially to be in the position that they're in. And those smart people have said, yeah, this this recession thing, yeah, we're going to have to scale the size of the company back over 36 months to continue our successful operations. Bailout money didn't save those people's jobs. It's not going to save those people's jobs. Because Bank of America is being a realist here. Now, the danger with the government giving the money to the auto workers is once they give them the money, then they have a say-so and what the automakers do. And just like they're coming out saying to Goldman Sachs, you can't tell people to short the state of New Jersey. You're going to say, well, we just gave you $14 billion. You can't go laying those people off. And Ford's going to go, but we, we don't have anybody buy the cars. We lose money when we make this car. We have to stop making this car. Well, you can't. We gave you money to ensure jobs. All right, so this whole thing's a mess. It's just a freaking mess. And again, I want you to... Look at that. 35,000 jobs. Over three years. A plan to do it. What else is going on? Any good news? Well, the dollar is now worth less than 90 yen, which is the first time that's happened in a very, very long time. So the dollar is beginning to weaken. It's weakening mostly on this news about the automakers because the automakers signify and, you know, are... The, the remaining industrial capacity for production of the United States of America. I am for saving the American auto industry. I'm just not for doing it with bailouts. I'm for doing it by helping them get out of the mess that they're in with obligations they cannot meet, where they fire a person and they have to pay them 95% of their salary for two years, where they have to pay 100% medical coverage on retirees for the rest of their lives. They have to basically give their retirees better medical coverage than the United States Army gives a a 30 year retiree and it's absolutely insane and they cannot compete and I want to see them saved because the world is right when they look to our auto industry and says if the US auto industry fails that is their last stand as being a major manufacturing power the only thing left that they have is weapons and aircraft and that's mostly for their use internally so It's a bad thing. And here's the deal. Uh, The G7, which is a group of seven nations, they try to basically keep the dollar propped up as the standard for the world currency. Have said, yeah, we're not going to do anything to prop the dollar up this time. We're not going to try to fix it. We fixed it before. They fixed it back 10 years ago in 1998. Remember that time I said that the market was as low as it is now? It was actually on the way up then. But back around that same time, they fixed this before. They went and they moved and manipulated some currency and moved some pounds into euros and what have you. And they fixed it. The reason they're not going to fix it this time, they said it won't work. (laughs) That's why, it's not because they don't want to. It's not because they don't still have the power to do something. It's because they looked at it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's screwed, there's nothing we can do about it. It won't work. And uh, there's several analysts in an article that I'll link to about the value of the dollar against the yen, this 90 yen mark, and uh, against the euro and other things. And I guess the good thing is none of them are predicting the dollar will drop through the floor. They're just saying 2009, it ain't really going to get any better. What you see is what you get. Some say it'll go up a little. Some say it'll go down a little. But basically, it's pretty much a stagnant place in the world currency right now. I, for one, think it'll go down quite a bit, because we've pumped so much money into the economy. And when you put new money into our economies, it's not backed by anything. The only place the new dollar gets its value is to suck it from the old dollar. Making this real simple, if we're playing a game of Monopoly, and there's 10,000 Monopoly dollars in the game, and four of us, and we all have $2,500 dollars. And we're all equals. If I then give everybody an additional $2,500 in Monopoly money, the value of the money in the game just went down by 50%. Because there's nothing backing the money. So the only thing that makes the money valuable is how much money is in circulation. All right. And every time I increase the do- total money that's in circulation, what happens? Well, it sucks value from the other money in circulation, and the total value of the money declines. And we've pumped in trillions and trillions of dollars into the economy this year. The only reason you haven't seen prices rise is because demand has been cut so to the bone. Because people are cutting back so much that prices have deflated. But the value of the money has deflated as well. And it's only a matter of time before it turns around and it goes to an inflation cycle. And at that point, if the Fed doesn't pull this money back in, and we're in a situation where it almost won't be able to, then we'll go into an inflation cycle like we've never seen before. That's the big fear here. That's why save your money. Invest your money wisely. Save conservative investments right now. All right. Look for a good value in property and buy something while the market's down. Pay off your debt. Save some cash. Have a little bit of gold or silver. It's time to do these things. This is why this is important. Um... Well some good news? I can sort of give you some good news. I'm looking at oil futures right now, and I've taken some heat for this lately because I said when gas was like four bucks that it would never go below two dollars again ever, because people had accepted that price point, point. and uh, I was wrong. And I am, you know, one man with my opinions, and I say right on my disclaimers on the site I will make mistakes, and I'll admit them when I made them. I was wrong about this when gas was at a buck fifty, buck sixty. I could accept what I was wrong about. I was sure why I was wrong here. I looked at it and I went, you know what? Um, This country has decided, drawn a line in the sand, we're not gonna pay four dollars for gas ever again, and we're gonna get serious about energy. And we are gonna roll out green energy jobs. And even, you know, John McCain, who lost miserably in the election, was making the same promise. New jobs in green energy. Windmills, solar arrays, tidal, geothermal. McCain wanted to bring in nuclear, which I think was i I'm not a McCain fan, but that was a good decision. Obama won't do that, which is a bad decision. But um Anything we could do to take ourselves off of foreign dependence, And since we were getting serious about it, we started talking numbers. Hey, this is what we're going to allocate. This is how many jobs we're going to create. This is what we're going to do. The oil-producing nations of the world, the Arabs, the Russians, the South Americans, Central Americans, the Mexicans went, holy shit, they're going to do it. And this happened four other times in history, folks. Oil prices spiked, and we got serious about alternative energy and independent energy and pumping American oil and pumping American natural gas. And the same things happen every time. The oil producing agencies, uh, organizations flood the market, drive the price down, so the American consumer will not be willing to pay the bill to make these things happen. So I said, well, that's a big part of what it is. And then there's an economic downturn at the same time. So that has decreased, decreased demand, and that's why oil is now getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. But now it's getting too cheap. Now it's getting ridiculously cheap. Because people aren't driving that much less. Because people aren't traveling that little more. All right, It just doesn't make sense. And oil production is not up that high. I'm going to tell you, I'm at a point where I don't know. I don't know the answer to this one. I'm telling you, I think there's something sinister here. I really do think something sinister is going on in the oil market, that somebody is manipulating prices somewhere down. And I believe it's easier to manipulate a price down than up. There's a lot of ways that the people that actually produce the oil, that refine the oil, the Exxons, the Chevrons, the sitcos of the world, can be manipulated to drive the price down. So let me put my tinfoil hat on for a minute. Let me go out there with you guys in the full Half Brigade that believe in all the conspiracy theories and give you one possible conspiracy theory. Right now, Russia's in a recession. It came on massively and fast. And it came on, by no coincidence, directly in concert with oil dropping through the floor. The Russians are in deep shit economically right now. Putin is looking at trying to regain power over there, become the savior, all right? And it's all because oil is down at like 40 bucks, because Russia can't make money on 40 dollar oil, and almost their entire economic base and everything that stemmed from it came from the fact that they were selling very expensive oil to the rest of the world because they had tapped into the massive reserves that were over there, and they'd opened up their reserves and gone capitalist with oil. All right, state so controlled. But yet they were selling in the capitalist market, making capitalist profit, bringing it back into their nation. There's only one of two things that are, can occur as long as oil stays this low. One will be that the Russians will do something to screw with the oil prices, like invade a country or bomb somebody or something like that. Because right? that's all it takes, and you'll see oil go through the roof when people panic. all right? Or you're about to see Soviet breakup part two. See, the country of Russia itself is made up of little mini-states. And when the Soviet Union fell apart, it was actually quite difficult to hold the country of Russia together, let alone the USSR. That's part of why they let it fall apart, so they could control the central Russia, keep it together. You might see the Russian states break up. You know, a Russian analysts are saying the United States might break up. I think you could be right. But there may be a movement right now to break up the Russian state. Because it may be seen as what stands in the way along with North America uh, as uh, stands in the way of the New World Order. The one world government. Because the Russians you know what we talk all we can is we say all we want about socialism and communism I'm not a fan of either system. Don't want nothing to do it. Don't want it in my country. I think we are way too socialist right now here in America. But the Russians, they're not really on board with this one world government thing. They're a thorn in the side. And whether you think it's conspiracy theory or not, there is a huge move in this world toward one world government. I just don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's wide open. I think people can look at it and see it. I think it's what put the European Union together. And I think they want that model to go everywhere. Have a North American Union, a South American Union, an Asia Union, and then we'll just put the whole thing together and we'll be done. I don't think it's hidden. But if you want to make it happen, one of the keys to getting it done is to destroy the Russian nation and break them up into states that then require help and outside assistance, and then Europe can come to the rescue. So, conspiracy theory of the day from Jack Sparrow. I ain't saying that's what's going on, but I'm telling you something's going on. Because there's no reason for gas at a dollar a gallon. In 2008. It doesn't make any sense, even in our current economic uh, condition. And that's, you know, again, I'm not a genius, a forecaster, or anything. I just look at the people that are smart about this look at where they're shorting oil and where they're placing prices in the future and going, it could hit a buck. If it doesn't hit a buck 20 by the end of the year, I'll be surprised. Um, see if I can find you, because that was supposed to be good news, and, you know, see how that worked out. So let's try to find some more. The LA Times has a story today. That our debt as a people, consumer debt, and you think I'd be in joy about this, right? Because I keep telling you, get rid of your debt, get rid of your debt. The consumer debt is at an all-time low, that it's dropping. It's in decline for the first time ever in history. The American consumer is reducing debt. Yay, party, right? I don't think so. Here's what I think is happening. People are losing jobs, and they can't borrow money. People are losing houses, going into foreclosure, declaring bankruptcy, and no longer having the debt. Right? But they didn't pay it off. Somebody got stuck with it. But it's not on their balance sheet anymore. Right? Companies are folding up, going bankrupt, closing out their balance sheets. The money's not owed anymore. It's gone. Right? Or the, the, the amount owed is reduced by the bankruptcy court. They say, okay, you are in debt for $100,000. You're never going to pay that. Under this Chapter 11 proceedings, we are going to renegotiate your debt. You'll pay your creditors $50,000. Here's your payment terms and schedule. Right. So that debt just went in half, but it wasn't paid. Or... Joe, I want to buy another shiny car. Drives down the shiny car lot and says, I want to buy another shiny car. And the shiny salesman says, let me show you a shiny car. And they look at it all. Joe picks the car out. And they run Joe's credit. And under the new lending conditions, they go, Joe, we ain't going to give you any money. So Joe's debt doesn't increase. But it's not because he didn't try to spend the money. Or Tom just lost his job. He was going to buy a new car. He's not on board with, you know, debt reduction. That's not his goal. He just he knows he can't buy a new car now because how can he buy a new car when no one will give him any money? So I think that's what's really happening here. Overall, it's still a good thing as long as the people that now reduce their debt by hook or by crook Figure out that this is a better way to live. Just don't bet on the average uninformed American to make that leap. I mean, there's a reason that they got themselves into the debt in the first place. But I'll link to this article and you can take a look at it and you can see what's going on. So, what can I close with today? What can I tell you that no one else is probably going to tell you? That you won't hear on Bloomberg or CNN Money or maybe even Glenn Beck? How about this? Um, The Federal Reserve, which I believe is a crooked, evil institution, designed to enslave our nation in debt. And I don't think that's tinfoil hat talk. If you just look at how it works, you'll understand that money cannot exist in America without debt. That every dollar in your pocket is not a dollar. It's a certificate for debt. Back to the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve's doing two things right now that are pissing me off more than ever. One, they're talking about selling their own debt that they own. So they've loaned money to the U.S. government. They're talking about selling the debt to somebody else. Why is that a problem? Because it's illegal, it's unconstitutional. It doesn't fall under the provisions of the crappy ass Federal Reserve Act that was passed so many years ago and signed away our government's constitutional duty to produce an honest currency and gave it away to a group of foreign bankers and sold away the wealth of America. Even that shitty act didn't give them the power to then sell the debt that they created. The second thing is, it's kind of like shorting the state of New Jersey, only now it's the Federal Reserve who is charged with taking care of America's economy, shorting our economy. Because what they're doing is they're saying, well, um, the, American, the American people owe us $2.26 trillion now, folks, Right on their balance sheet alone. a straight debt. All right? That means it's money to them. That's the only way the Federal Reserve gets money. It's by creating debt. All right. But we're not sure they're going to be able to pay it, so we're going to sell the debt at a discount to somebody else to raise more money, which doesn't exist unless we create it. It's a mess. It's something that, that I mean, God the founders, if they understood what was going on, might rise from the grave and go lynch some people. Seriously. All right. But what is really pissing me off is what's going on with this $2 trillion on their balance sheet. In September, the Fed on their balance sheet had $1 trillion. One, right? It's now $2.26 trillion and it's expected to go to $3 trillion. By the end of the year. Three trillion dollars. So three quarters of a trillion added on in the next, what, three or four weeks? There's not much time left. Christmas is two weeks away. And New Year's is after that. So by the end of the year, Jesus Christ, that's three weeks. three quarters of a trillion is supposed to go on this thing. And if not by then, by early January, before Obama even is president, that number goes to three trillion. Well, what does that three trillion represent? It represents money that we owe the Fed in the form of money that is obligated by taxpayers back to the Federal Reserve System. See, the Federal Reserve System doesn't create money. No, no, no. It loans it to us. And where did the money go? So they loaned it to us. I didn't get it. You didn't get it. Where did it go? It went to these bailouts, the behind the scene bailouts, to the tune of $2 trillion, pumped into our economy. This was not the $700 billion bailout that turned into an $850 billion bailout. This is not the auto industry money. This is not Freddie and Fannie. Okay? This is not AIG. This is another $2 trillion. Just, there it is in the economy. So Bloomberg says, you know what, the American people, have a right to know where their freaking money is that that you loan to them but you never gave to them you put it into their economy who would you give it to? who's paying it back? where is it? who's guaranteed it? what's being done with it? where's the oversight? where is the freaking money? and you know what the Fed said? we don't have to tell you we don't have to tell you where the two trillion dollars is We're not telling you who we gave the money to. We're not telling you what they've done with it. We're not telling you how we've overseen it. You don't get to know. Bloomberg's suing the Federal Reserve System to get them to disclose the information. They'll never win. We'll never be told where that $2 trillion went. I want you, right now, want you to understand what I just said. Federal Reserve System set up to protect your economy and to issue debt to your government that you're on the hook for issued $2 trillion worth of your money to banks, lending institutions, financial markets in this country and across the globe mortgaged our future for an additional $2 trillion in national debt and that $2 trillion now is money in their pockets their net worth went from $1 trillion to $3 trillion, from September to January And they will not tell you where they sent your money, who they sent it to, how they're overseeing it, how they're insuring it. They simply said no. Folks, it's times like these that are why my show was created. I know I didn't tell you what to do about all this stuff today. Some days I tell you, some days I don't. But listen to some other shows. But the steps are always the same. Pay off debt, store some food, have cash reserves, own a little piece of land. Grow your own food, live, debt free as best you can. Work hard, work two jobs or three jobs if you have to. Save everything that you can. Invest smart, invest wise, and even when it looks like a good time to invest in the market, think about it, understand that yes, you do have to time certain things. At least major momentum moves. And keep some money in reserves. Keep some money in cash. Don't put all your money in your retirement account. Don't put all your savings in your retirement account. What if you need it? The People will tell you you can loan it to yourself, but then if you had to borrow money from yourself, you're not going to pay it back in 90 days. If you're in such dire straits, you have to borrow money from your 401k. Where are you going to get it to pay it back in three months? If it's a small bridge loan to yourself, I guess you could do that. But in most situations, you're going to destroy yourself that way. You have to have cash reserves. You have to have food reserves. You have to reduce debt as much as you can. You have to accept the fact that tomorrow morning you might walk in and lose your job. You should live your life as though that could happen any minute, any second. Do I really need to do this? Does this really make sense? Is this purchase an investment in my future? Or is it a squandering of the inheritance that my founders of this nation left? me am I following into the falling into the trap of discover card this is a consumer nation we're a nation of consumers and there's nothing wrong with that bullshit folks you know it's a lie you know how you know so many of these things are lies you know that our wealth is being pissed away but you also know that you are the one person that has the power to make a difference in your life and in the lives of your family and in the lives of your community by being different by taking the steps that I call a new revolution in America, a call to arms. This has been Jack with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live a better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. You can scream, and you can holler, it really doesn't matter, cause it all gets spent.